will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, Tom. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a movie that um, came out last year and didn't really get to catch it in theaters. It was a limited release, um, but I was really kind of wanting to go out and see it and I heard mixed things about it when it came out. So I think um, I'm probably going to perpetuate that a little bit. Uh, but before we get into that... Um, the movie we will be talking about is The Dead Don't Die, and I'm joined again this week by my brother Matt, this time via Skype. So if there is any type of uh, lag or audio issue, we're just, uh, it's, that's what it is what it is. So, Matt, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing all right. Uh, weather change is wrecking havoc on my sinuses, but I am uh, pleased to say that I think it can be mitigated by playing with my my new toy uh, this weekend. Uh, I was one of the few who were able to secure a pre-order on the PS5, as of course you know. Um, and I uh, I've been checking it out a little bit. I haven't been sticking consistently with one game. I've been switching. I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I got Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've also switched some games that were on my PS4 over to it. So I've been kind of mixing it back and forth and getting used to the new user interface and, and the controller. Um, we were going to show it uh, to your son, Robert, the Spider-Man Miles Morales, because that's his pretty much his favorite Spider-Man right now. But uh, unfortunately, you had some uh, issues with COVID this week. Yeah, yeah, my son was exposed to a student that uh, has tested positive for COVID, and uh, so he's had to quarantine for at least for next Thursday at home. So, uh, 
it's a it's a, it's a change. Uh, he's doing fine. No uh, no issues. No temperature. He's kind of uh, he's always had issues with allergies this time of year. Um, so I've been giving him some cold medicine, but no fever. Um, so he's been doing pretty well with it. Uh, enjoyed having his mom as his teacher yesterday, and then I'll be his teacher uh, starting next week until uh, Thursday, as long as everything goes well. Well, that's that's good to hear. I know uh, I know it's a really upsetting thing to deal with, and uh, we're just glad to you know he's in good spirits and uh, you know doing well, and uh, hopefully hopefully things uh, track that way for for the rest of it. But it's just kind of unfortunately the circumstances of the time and day we live in. Um, so yeah, yeah we, well, I can't, you can't ahead. complain. You can't. <laughs> You can't complain uh, too too much when you get to be in PJs all day. Well, yeah, I, I know that feeling just from working from home for the past uh, almost nine months. Um, so yeah, I can't I can understand where he would be coming from on that. Um, but yeah, the the PS Five like he kind of got to watch me play the beginning of Spider Man Spider Man Miles Morales, and uh, I know you watched a little bit on that. It's not the same not having you here to be able to do it, but. I know he really enjoyed it, and uh, I, I look forward to when yeah. you know, quarantine for you guys is over, and uh, we can you know have you here over at the house and and show it to him that way. Yeah, the graphics look pretty pretty cool. I'm looking forward to eventually having one, uh, hopefully in the spring, uh, to get one and uh, and play uh, sports games. That's that's my uh, my ideal stuff is sports. So uh, yeah. the graphics for the sporting sporting games that I've seen video footage of already looks amazing like i didn't think you could get any more real than what they've done now with the ps5 yeah it's it's definitely a a step up and uh the one thing that i have to get used to is and and this is something i hope that they can they can mitigate at some point is um not having to choose between fidelity versus performance because if you want the really good uh, ray tracing and graphics and 4k uh you have to sacrifice at least for spider-man miles morales and and maybe a couple other games you have to sacrifice your frames per second i mean i'm so used to 30 frames per second not being a pc gamer or anything like that that that's no real issue but i have kind of experienced playing uh it on the performance side for spider-man 60 frames per seconds which it's a little disorienting at first uh, just because it's everything's more fluid and the screen's like moving, you know, quicker. But you can't have that consistently amongst both. Now, I do think that something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was built directly, I think, for that is running both at 4K and 60 frames per second. But uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not too into the, you know, details on how that's all working. But uh, it it is fun. The the haptic uh, feedback from the controller is really nice. I, I really dig the controller. The only thing I have an issue with is I'm so used to the PS4 when you would press the the uh, PS home button, it would basically take you back to your home screen and you can like then do your power down or, or move around. Now your interface, which is still a really good UI, I really like the UI, but if you hold down on the, the PS button, it really only brings up another menu down at the bottom of your screen. And that's the only way to then select whether you want to turn off something or, or so on and so forth. So 
it's more just of a getting used to type of situation rather than it being anything that's going to hinder it. But uh, I'm very impressed with the performance. I did uh, get the one with the disc uh, drive. So I checked out a couple 4K Blu-rays that I've watched 100 times over. And I do have um, the Xbox, the prior Xbox model um, that had the 4K Blu-ray player in it. And I can tell that there is a vast difference between the 4K players from that version of the Xbox and the PS5. Um, I found that the the image is sharper, colors are brighter, the HDR works a lot better. Um, so I don't know what Sony did, but it is very impressive. And I would recommend getting the disc-based version if you can, I know like right now trying to find one is basically like trying to find a unicorn out in the real world. Um, and I would not recommend anyone give in to scalpers or anything like that because they're charging ridiculous prices. Uh, just wait till the, you know, till they come in stock and everything. And if you're not in a rush, like you're not missing anything. It is nice. Uh, but Certain games, like some of your older PS4 games that you can still play on there, there's not much of a difference between what it performs on um, PS4 versus what it performs on the PS5. The only thing that's kind of improved on them is loading time due to the solid-state drive, um, which I, th I find very impressive. Um, I, I've been playing um, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, and I, I'm on currently Brotherhood, and... Um, just the difference from when I was playing on my PS4 in load time versus PS5 load time, it's a lot quicker. Um, so that's really kind of at this point, if you're not too big on, since there's no real big launch title other than maybe Godfall, um, that's only PS5. Games like uh, Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, uh, even the new uh, Call of Duty, they're still were made kind of for PS4 with the PS5 kind of upgrade built into it. And there's not much, I, as I said, between like Watch Dogs Legion, what I was playing versus on PS4 versus checking it out on the PS5, there wasn't really a whole much difference between the gameplay uh, and graphics. But I would assume that something like Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was kind of designed for PS5, but was made PS4 kind of backwards compatible. That's one where I think that you might actually see a difference in. But the nice thing is if you get them on PS4 and they do have a PS5 version, when you get the PS5, you get a free upgrade. Um, so I, you know, there's no real loss in that if you're waiting to get a PS5 later on. So um, that's all I kind of wanted to talk about, at least with that. It, it's it's huge. Uh, I sent you a picture and it's about as tall as my TV stand yeah. standing up. Um, but the nice thing is the stand it comes with is very sturdy uh, and it and it can work both ways uh, where you can have it standing up with the stand and then you can have it uh, laying on its on its bottom with the stand. Uh, currently, I got it standing up just because I've got a dog down here. I've got a cat down here. So trying to keep the fan as clear as possible from any type of uh, debris from their fur. But uh, right now, I've just been very impressed with it. I haven't had any issues. I know some people have had some issues. I think those issues are more derived of when you're trying to take PS4 data and transferring it to your PS5. That's what's causing some PS5 problems. I wouldn't recommend doing that 
my recommendation is go ahead, reinstall your PS4 game, and just use the cloud save data um, function because I've done that with Little Hope uh, and... Uh, what else did I do it with? Uh, with the Ezio collection, and there was really nothing. And uh, Trails of Cold Steel Four, uh, there was really nothing lost and no time really taking getting that set up that way. I was doing a data transfer from my PS4 Pro to my PS5, and it was going to take like 19 hours, and it, I didn't really need for it to do that. So. That's just kind of my, my uh, recommendation on if you have one and you want to get your PS4 data over that, just use the cloud save function and just reinstall your disk. Or if it's a digital based game, just reinstall it. it the uh, the download of digital games from your li- digital library is very quick. I mean, I installed like four or five games and they were all done with in under an hour for all games together. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I pretty much got to say about it. I'm sure I'll have more to say once I, you know, once more games come out and, uh, and I really dig into it and really get to explore what it can actually fully do at its best, uh, its best potential. So enough, enough game talk. Let's, uh, let's talk about the movie that we're here to talk about today. Um, it's a Jim Jarmusch movie, and I don't know if you've ever seen any Jim Jarmusch film. Have you, Matt? Uh, looking at what he has done, I did not see any that I noticed that I, I've watched. Okay. So this was probably my first time at one of his. I, I did see a lot of the actors in this film have done work with him in the past. Yes. Um, so, uh, so that's the only thing where... I have with it. I, I've this was my first experience with his work. Okay. So his comedy, his style, and everything. This was this was new for me. All right. Well, I have seen um, Down by Law. I have seen um, Night on Earth. I believe is the name of it, where it's uh, it's kind of an anthology movie where it's it's one night on Earth and it's different stories told throughout the world. Um, I've seen this. I've seen Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, so I've had a little bit of experience with Jim, Jim Jarmusch's movies. Um, and I would say on average, I I really enjoy his films, but, uh, if you're not familiar with this movie, the dead don't die, uh, the premise of it is the peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and play the trailer for you. In this peaceful town quiet streets something terrifying something horrifying is coming excuse me we're closed get away from me what the hell was it a wild animal this is really awful maybe the worst thing i've ever seen what was it wild animals so what are you thinking i'm thinking zombies what? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh man, this isn't gonna end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. 
Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all gonna end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. All right, so that was the trailer. Matt, go ahead and uh, start us off on this. All right, well, uh, I will say, uh, to start off, I from the trailer, when I first initially watched the trailer for this movie, I definitely had Zombieland and uh, John of the Dead vibes from this film. Uh, and that's the kind of movie I was expecting out of this, and it didn't disappoint for me. Um, I really liked how Adam and Bill really worked off of each other. Um, uh, uh, Tilda Swinton, her character was very weird uh, from the get-go, and as the story progresses, you really get to see where that story goes with her. Um, and then I, just, I, I thought it had a really good cast of, of characters. Uh, Danny Glover was in it, Steve Buscemi. Um, were also supporting actors, and their characters were done very well. Um, but, like, I feel like it's also a perfect film for, for 2020. Uh, dealing with a uh, pandemic right now that we're dealing with, and then them dealing with uh, this issue where it's called polar fracking and it tilted the axis and it's reanimating dead people. Uh, I thought that was interesting how they, they tied that all in um, because of what happens very early on. Um, Bill Murray asked about the time and it's still daylight and they're like, that's weird. And I just was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And I love all the references to previous horror films. I, I, I noticed the, he had the car from night of the living dead. The beginning with the cemetery, I had night of the living dead vibes. Um, you had when the crows are flying in the air, I thought of, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, um, and there was mention of Psycho and and the hotel that the, the group of uh, hipsters out of uh, Cleveland or Pittsburgh area, uh, they um, were worried that the hotel was going to be like Psycho and bungalows, and this guy at the gas station has to correct them on it. Uh, I just, I, I really enjoyed the story with it, um, because I, I didn't want it to be like Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead. I wanted it to be like Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead. I wanted it to be funny, especially with the cast that they had. And I, I wasn't disappointed. I, I really thought that 
Adam Driver's dry sense of humor, uh, he's perfect for it. Uh, a lot of it reminds me of him doing his Kylo Ren on SNL. Um, it's just that dry sense of humor. That's that's my kind of humor. So I, I really enjoyed what this film did um, with the story, and that it, it it's an entertainment uh, factor that really anybody that loves comedy but isn't really tied to like liking zombies, I think is going to like it because it's not real gory. Um, it's interesting how they do show when the zombies are killed, how different it is than any other zombie film or TV series I've seen. It's very different how they do it. And I, I really enjoyed the film. Well, that's good to hear. Um, you know, I kind of didn't know, uh, what you would take from it. I mean, I know you're a Bill Murray fan and, and, um, and, and you really, you know, like anything about anything that he's in. And I knew, you know, Adam driver would be, would be a good call for it. Um, so I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. My, my thoughts on the film are, are very, uh, similar. Although I will say, even though I didn't get to quite finish my second watch of this, uh, cause I'd watched it a while ago, a while ago. And then I was rewatching it here for the podcast. Um, I think that, Although the story is good, um, I do think it juggles too many characters. Uh, I do think that there's these too many different little plot lines. Uh, you have, obviously, uh, Bill Murray and Adam Driver's characters. Um, you have Tilda Swinton's character. You have the hipsters. You have the uh, uh, the gas station guy. Uh, you have these kids that are at some type of facility for children and um, you have Steve Buscemi's farmer and, and all that. So there's and then you have Tom Waits character uh, who also who's kind of being our narrator of the film. He's the one who kind of has the full understanding of what's happening. And yet he's this crazy guy who lives out in the woods. Um, and of course, I'm a huge fan of Tom Waits. I love his music and I love anything I see him in. Um, and he is a constant collaborator with, uh, Jim Jarmusch. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be a Jim Jarmusch movie really without him showing up at some point in it. I, I do think the cast is all, um, uh, is, is all great in here. I, I think everyone does a very good job. Like you said, uh, Adam's kind of dry sense of humor and delivery, but there's also an ancillary, um, explanation going on, uh, with, with what's happening there. And then, um, there's, um, also, uh, these just other things, like you said, the polar fracking, uh, the, the, there, there are some other elements that, that detract a little bit from the movie, but I, I don't really kind of want to go into them. Uh, but the, the special effects are, are great. Uh, the music is fantastic. Like I, I really do like the, um, the opening song by Sturgill. Uh, um, oh God, why did I just forget his name? Uh, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Um, but also another funny thing is, uh, Rosie Perez. She has a cameo. She's also collaborated with him in the past and her character name is Posey Hor uh, Hor Um, and I think that that's pretty funny. Uh, another little thing is, uh, Riza from Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, is a like UPS driver, but it's WPS. Uh, so a little bit reference to Wu Tang Clan. Um, so I thought that that was uh, a really cool aspect to all this film is all these little nods, like you said, to older horror films, 
uh, it being a little self-referential um, and also having these other elements. It's completely different from his other kind of entry into horror being only lovers left alive, which is a kind of more of a romance vampire movie starring Tilda Swinton and um, Tom Hiddleston. So it's a little bit of a different departure from that. And I think that uh, if people were kind of expecting more of a serious horror film with light comedy, I can understand why they would have uh, some issues with this. But uh, other than that, I, I don't have much else to, to like say about just kind of the overall thing about the movie. Um, so if we go into it, this might enter a little bit of spoiler territory just for because there is some things I want to bring up and, and kind of get your take on. Um, but I, I think for my overall thoughts, I think that it works on a lot of technical factors, but it, it is bogged down by f- juggling too many characters. Um, so with that said, um, what did you think? And again, this is kind of entering spoiler territory. So if you're not familiar with the film, go check it out on uh, it's streaming currently on HBO max. Um, what did you think of Adam breaking fourth wall and being aware of him being in a movie? I actually thought that was hilarious. I thought it was perfect for this kind of film. You're already on a comedic route. Let's just go further with it. Let's just say, Hey, I had a script. Wait, you had a script? I only had the scenes. <laughs> well, no, I have the end, and it's going to be very bad. Which is one, the one thing he constantly was, says throughout the movie is, this is going to end terribly. And and every yeah, time, like, Bill is like, why do you keep saying that? Yes. And I thought that was terrific for this kind of film, because it, it really does make fun of itself in, mm. in the end. When you really look at the movie, it makes fun of itself. And I thought that was great. I love the references to their movies. Uh, you had references for Adam Driver in, in Star Wars. Uh, you had reference to Starsky and Hutch with his vehicle, his car, which I thought, how the heck do you turn a smart car into a convertible? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, really? Like, you're already in a small car. How do you make that a convertible? Um, the other part I really enjoyed was there was a reference to Caddyshack. Yeah. Uh, the two people in the morgue were died because they got struck by lightning, which is from first Caddyshack. So I love how they referenced the people's previous works. Um, I liked uh, how uh, they took a quote from Moby Dick when Tom Waits uh, picked up the book. He read a quote that was perfect and it related not only to Moby Dick, but it related to what's going on in the story. Um <laughs> but even when it made fun of itself and it reveals that, hey, I had a script where it, it's a movie in a movie kind of thing, kind of feeling there, that it still throws Adam's character for a loop at the end, right? At the very end, when uh, when you see the uh, the UFO come, like Bill's like, uh, was that in the script? No, and it's like, okay, well. Is this going to divert from what he saw in the script, or are they going to go back into how the script ends? And I love how, also, uh, to go back into the the zombies, I love how the zombies can actually talk. 
a little bit. They relate to what they did before they died. Uh, so like Iggy Pop and his girlfriend die in a car wreck. So they were in the cemetery. They got reanimated. And they go to the diner and they they uh, they eat the, the waitress and the, the cleaner. And then they're like, coffee. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, you don't expect that out of a zombie. You don't expect them to know what's going on. That they're, they're not really alive. But I love how they... All the zombies are tied to what they did before, which is a uh, um, which is a reference to Romero's Dawn of the Dead because that is a question um, that gets asked, uh, or or actually a statement that gets made is why do they keep coming to the mall and maybe it's they gravitate towards whatever uh, they used to do in the live in the living. And I apologize if there's any type of feedback noise right now. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing something on my end. I don't know if it's being picked up here on, on the podcast. But, yeah. Um, but, yes, I, the one other thing that um, kind of bothered me, or not bothered me, but it, it is the introduction of the alien. Um, but I do want to say, is there any other... Uh, reference that you might not have picked up on for a Bill Murray movie? Uh, the only other thing was, and it was something I noticed after watching the film, I went on to the trivia for IMDb and noticed that the one of the zombie that uh, Adam Driver takes his head off with machete outside of the cruiser uh, was wearing the same outfit that uh, Bill Murray wore during uh, zombie land. That's the only other one I noticed. If there's another one, you'll have to let me know. No, well, no. so it's 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 probably more of an indirect, um, indirect movie uh, reference, but uh, it would be um, it would be uh, Scrooge. And if you can understand okay. what what do you understand why I'm saying that with uh, with Scrooge? Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to think of what scene that would have been in this movie that could have related to Scrooge. So you'll have to, to let me know about it. I haven't seen Scrooge in a long time. Um, okay, it, it would be the fact that um, Carol Kane hit him with the toaster and Scrooge. He finally gets his revenge. By, I mean, he doesn't really kill her, but he does uh, does shoot her a couple times. So I feel like that's a revenge for bitch hit me with a toaster. <laughs> uh, I, OK, I, I, I remember that scene now from from Scrooge, but uh, I, I forgot that Carol King was in that. But I love the Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's great. And all that because he, he immediately says, well, man, you still reek a Chardonnay. Uh, or wine or something, you reek of this. And that's immediately her first reaction when she wakes up. Yep, yep. It, it, it was, uh, it, it's a really, really, uh, I think, like, it's not maybe an intentional callback to Scrooge, but I, I take that as kind of him finally getting revenge for him hitting with, hitting, uh, getting hit with a toaster. But with this, yeah, this movie, uh, it, it does not take itself seriously. And I, I agree with you that, um, that that's a good aspect to, to really take. But uh, going back to kind of to the UFO thing I was bringing up before, 
Um, Because it's revealed that Tilda Swinton's character is an alien. I think, while I agree, it's kind of meant to be a disorienting from left field, like, what the hell is this doing in the movie? I think it just, it's another thing that kind of bogs down the story, or at least understanding what's going on with this movie. So, uh, because there are a couple zombie movies, and one I... um, I'm thinking of particularly, and I believe it's called Undead, uh, which is an Australian horror film um, where there's um, these. uh, Yeah, it's called Undead. It was from 2003, where basically these meteorites uh, hit Australia and um, then people start turning into zombies And by the end of the movie, spoiler for that movie, if you haven't seen it, but it was aliens kind of testing something and then they end up curing everybody through rain. But then um, something still gets missed where then the zombie outbreak happens again in in the movie. And uh, then they're just trying to wait for the aliens to come back. So I don't know if that was kind of like a call to that movie or anything like that. I mean, there is this kind of mythos of how the dead get reanimated originally with um, the original interpretation from Night of the Living Dead being radiation from a probe uh, that was returning from space uh, and that that's what reanimated the dead. Obviously in this, it's polar fracking. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird to then throw in this other element. You've done a fourth wall breaking uh, aspect to the movie and you've got all these characters all kind of jumbled into one and and it's it, it, it's a little too much it just felt like he was trying to fit too much into this movie I, I, I can agree with that uh, for those that um, are listening uh, you can see Undead on Tubi oh that's uh, T-U-B-I uh, streaming service it's, uh, it's a free service so it I just looked it up on Real Good, uh, which lets you know that's another app that can let you know where movies are uh, if they're currently on a streaming service or uh, uh, even a TV network. It'll let you know where to watch them. Uh, so that movie I will have to check out. I have not seen that. One. I recommend it. I had um, it on DVD. I, I don't know exactly where it's at now, but it's also a bit of a comedy one too. Yeah, I saw it here. It has a comedy as well. I will say I agree that there was a lot in that never gets explained in the story. Um, I feel like you see the kids get out of the detention center um, and escape. Then there you see Tilda Swinton's character with uh, the Starsky and Hutch car uh, driving off in the background, and then. Uh, you say, hey, I know a place we can go, and then you don't see them again. So, like, you never know what happened to those kids. Um, but I did like how a lot of the main characters, like for uh, the Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, and Chloe, they're at the end, and even uh, Caleb that plays Bobby, you see them all at the end in the cemetery to, uh, together, and you see what, what's happened to them. And I at least... You, you get closure there because I kind of didn't feel like you got closure for Bobby or Hank from the uh, the hardware store because I mean you see them bust in, the zombies bust in the back door but then you don't know 
exactly you hear a background noise but you don't know whether they made it out because i had the impression okay the uh bill murray and them just drove by maybe they went to the back of the hardware store to see if they could say things so i was i was kind of hoping at that point maybe it's them breaking down the back door but then when you see the zombies come in it doesn't look good but they still have a drill and and other weapons that they're they have at their utensil maybe they get out of it obviously at the end you see in the cemetery they unfortunately didn't make it yeah and i uh i would also say that that also has one of the best ending sequences with um with bill and adam you know trying to fight off the entire horde and i think that that was a very strong way to like end the movie um so i i overall i i I still really liked it but i i will say it does it does have some issues where where it just needs to it needed to trim things down not in runtime i think runtime it it, it's fine i I have no issue with the length of it i i just feel like there's just too much in the pot and and he just needed to kind of trim it down but I have no other really like big thoughts to say about the movie. I will say that something that will impact my score on this is things that when you're watching the movie, if you're really paying attention, you'll pick up on. And um, while it's not necessarily the intent or the purpose of the movie, it is kind of some of the director's personal beliefs kind of filtering into his movie, which he has every right to do uh, that, that, on a second rewatch, it kind of it's more evident, I think, because I didn't pick up. I picked up on some few things because there are some visual cues that you just know right off the bat what it's referencing to. Um, but it, it just um, it, it became more evident um, the second watch through. But it, it doesn't hurt the movie a, a lot. Uh, and like you and I were talking before recording you picked up on it too, but you managed to kind of separate it from your enjoyment of the movie, which I can, but I I will have to say, um, since the purpose of the movie is not necessarily, well, maybe it is, maybe I'm just being an idiot and I'm not understanding that that's the purpose of this movie is to be any type of commentary. If I were watching a Romero film, yes, I know I'm going into that for societal commentary, but, um, Jim Jarmusch doesn't, I, I, maybe he has with with uh, Night on Earth and, and with a little bit with Down by Law uh, deal with those type of thematic elements, but I didn't feel it like with Lovers Left Alive. Um, so, I, I mean, it just that was maybe one aspect of the of the movie I was not anticipating when I watched it. So I, I have to knock off a little bit from it just for that in of itself. But I can understand other people and maybe enjoying that aspect or missing it all together. And I can't, I can't knock people for liking that or, or not seeing it. So, um, for me, I'm going to land on a score of a three out of five. Um, it is a movie I do plan on purchasing at some point on my own because I do enjoy it enough. Uh, like we've talked about here, Bill Murray's performance is spectacular. His interplay with Adam and Adam's interplay with Chloe uh, and all the characters just have really good chemistry. The actors have good chemistry with each other that uh, really helps wrap you in to watching the movie and kind of entering that world with them. 
that I, that's the aspect I really think is the strongest part of it. Uh, but it just some elements just needed to kind of not be there or just kind of glossed over. But overall, it's a very solid movie. Just when you're going into it, do not expect anything too serious uh, and just have a good time with it. So, Matt, uh, what what thoughts did you have? I mean, I I mean, I saw the political satire with it, um, with the polar fracking and uh, the uh, Keep America White Again uh, hat. And I, I I'm done with that after four years of of seeing what that that's done with with media and stuff. Um, but I, again, I. I'm there for the entertainment value. I'm not there to, to have a, a political sway one way or the other. Uh, I was entertained this whole movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, where it did fall was, like you said, there's a lot of characters in it that uh, don't have their stories tied down to what really happens. The, the ending kind of comes out of nowhere, which I think was intentional for the fact of how Adam's character kind of re- reveals himself at the end of the near the end of the film I, I give it a three and a half okay um, I, I, I I will ding it for not tying some thick loose ends uh, but uh, overall it's it's a, if you want something funny to, to divert yourself from what everybody's going through right now this is a good movie for you to get away and have a laugh um I, if it wasn't four o'clock in the morning, I would have been laughing my butt off for this movie. It was hilarious. Classic Bill Murray, Adam Driver's dry, dry humor. Uh, Tilda Swinton's always weird in anything I've seen her in. Even when she's in Doctor Strange, I find her very strange. So, so uh, felt it was it was good. I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, and I and I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I, I think it is a nice distraction and if you're fans of these actors like you're going to enjoy their performance it's nice to kind of see them all in one movie together when they're not like you know typically all of these actors are in one film uh and yeah it's a good good escape moment it's you know an hour and uh, hour and 45 minutes and it's got one heck of a catchy theme song which should be your first hint at the very beginning of the of the movie that something's up is when he puts it on the radio and Bill's like, oh, this sounds familiar. And he goes, well, it's the theme song. And Bill's character's like, what? <laughs> you know? So, the, you know, that kind of sets the tone for the movie. And I uh, definitely have to recommend it. Uh, if you have HBO Max, you can stream it on there. Uh, if not, I'm sure it's I know it's on different digital platforms for rental or, or purchase. Um, but I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, it's the only one we wanted to cover. And um so we're going to do our you know typical ending spiel here. If you're not following the podcast on Twitter, you can follow us at Critics NT Cynics. You can follow us on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. Uh, and you can follow the podcast on Podbean, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, basically about anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, you can write into the podcast at CriticsNotCynics at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you've th- thought about Matt's uh, Matt's appearance on the podcast. Uh, I've really enjoyed having these type of conversations with him, and uh, I really appreciate him taking the time out of his weekends here to help uh, you know record while the other two are are on break right now. Um, 
I will say we will probably be taking a break week of Thanksgiving. So that weekend, because we do have an episode planned for next for next week, which would be the week of Thanksgiving. But I think that weekend uh, we're going to be taking uh, that weekend off of recording. So there will be no episode the following week of Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. Um, So just be prepared that if you go in there on that following Monday and there's no new episode, we probably took a break or maybe I can record a, a short thing together. We'll see. Um, I'm on vacation from work during that time and I plan on really diving into my PS5. So also you can write into the podcast at criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. And uh, if you feel so kind to rate and review us on iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time.